The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Hey there, folks. This is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate Podcast. And today we have the regular podcast crew plus one. Ooh. We have... Rob Nightwall. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, let's sound more orderly. Let's I'm, sound I'm, off. Okay. I'm feeling left out. I should have done oh. it at the same time too, then. <laughs> All right, so um, go ahead, Lynn. Hi, I'm Lynn Walden. And I'm Robin Mack. And I'm Alexis. And so how was your week? It was kind of like that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I I seemed bombarded from articles coming from every Mm -hmm. which way from the government. Mm -hmm. And then when I was actually in front of people, they were real cool, happy people. Ah. It was this weird experience. Oh, okay. You're on the internet. The world's falling apart. If you're in front of people, oh, yes. we're enjoying pretty good weather except mm-hmm. for that Halloween. Jazz. Oh yeah, yeah. We had a Arctic front come through. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, what, sixty well, degrees? Uh, you know, sixty-five, seventy. I mean, <laughs> last night I did I did go down to get out my down coat. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it, well, it's, it's very now back frosty, in the closet. You know. Well, we did have a tornado warning until ten p.m. Oh my God! Yesterday, I was watching a movie last night, and there was a thunderclap that literally shook the house. Mine too. I mean, I was like, "Holy crap!" And of course, the dogs were just uh-huh. like freaking out. Uh-huh. You know, I've got dogs that uh, I've I've got one that's a twenty-year-old dog that's near blind, but it's not death yet. And then I've got. Um, Another one that's quite large, but has this, like, very anxious, and so it wants to chew on itself and chew on different things. And so, um, yeah, whenever that happens, she's, like, freaking out. Now, she's, like, 180 pounds, and she's trying to get up in my lap. I'm like, no. (laughs) I think there are some people that really, really wanted trick-or-treaters and really, really wanted to have Halloween after all the stuff that had happened, and Mm. then I saw... Little three-footer kids going around Aww. in their, their little raincoats and their umbrellas at Aww. five. But that clapping thunder was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, that was a deal breaker. Yeah. yeah. And, and see, when the storm got really bad and it was before the polls had closed, I ran up to West Gray just to see how many people were voting. Parking oh. lot was full. There wasn't really? much of a line outside the door, but it had obviously been through the switchbacks inside and there were even some people Excellent. outside. So people nice. were still voting. I was wondering. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. So speaking of Halloween, how was your Halloween? What'd you do, Lynn? Mine was nice and quiet. <laughs> I didn't have any trick-or-treaters. Mm. Thank goodness I hadn't prepared. <laughs> um, and the storm was such mm-hmm. that I couldn't tell the mm-hmm. difference between what was thunder or what could be a tornado. Because the <laughs> right. sound was right. so similar. Mm-hmm. And so I would hold my breath every now and then, not sure. At one point I <laughs> Turn actually, off the lights. Get down, get down. <laughs> At one point I actually got up and moved some pillows by the bathroom door. Just in case one of those things was a tornado, I could run, take the pillows, and get All right. All right. Yeah, when you started hungering down with the cake and the pillows, and the, we're like, okay, this what, might happen. Did any of you get trick-or-treaters? No, I didn't get trick-or-treaters. I saw a couple on our street here. But hmm. See, my whole thing with trick-or-treaters is I do the lights out because once they got where they were as tall as me, as opposed to the little kids, 
No, I'm not that interested. Yeah, but I, I don't like those, like, I, we've had some of those, like, really aggressive teenagers yes. who are like, I have this enormous sack, and give me all yes. your goddamn candy. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. And, and see, my, my, my sort of adjustment to that is that when I think there might be a trick-or-treater walking by on the street, I eat a bunch of candy. <laughs> You know, it's just like, go in, three or four Hershey bars. Why not? I'll have to do that next year. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's weird. It, I remember trick-or-treating as a kid, and I loved Halloween. Halloween mm-hmm. was my favorite uh, holiday. And um, it just doesn't seem like that anymore. It's like you're, you're – so if, if you're female identified, you have to be sexy. Uh-huh. And or a pun. You have to go mm. as some sort of a pun. And kids really don't do trick-or-treating anymore, which is really weird and kind of sad, mm-hmm. it seems like to me. Well, you know, it's like a lot of other things. that It's basically a terrorism act sort of messed up our society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pixel sticks happen and pretty much Halloween's gone after that. Hmm. Yeah. Pixie sticks, not pixels, pixie sticks. It seems to be what has changed is... When I used to go trick or treating as a mm. kid, we knew everybody's house oh, that we went yes. to, mm-hmm. and that's a and big now difference. people don't know anybody on their street. Right, right. And mm-hmm. so it's it's so detached. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I think that's a big part. And I mean, we generally uh, got homemade candies. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, rarely wow. did we get you know packaged candy. That was sort of like the okay, we'll keep that for later after the homemade stuff's too late. But we got popcorn balls. We got taffy. We got all sorts of homemade caramels, homemade right. fudge, brownies. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we got. I mean, we really could make ourselves I sick. got packaged candy and like, you know, if I would go to the crappy places, they would give you pennies. Oh, like pennies uh-huh. and, uh, you know, once in a while a toothbrush uh-huh. or um, a little thing of toothpaste. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, just give me a rock. I feel like Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. Did you, were you around when we used to do the unit? Unicef boxes? Oh, yes. Trick-or-treating for Unicef. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nope, not me. What is this? <laughs> Just ask the millennial. millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you haven't guessed, see, we have yeah. our age. Yes. Those who know. And then, then, then we have yeah. Kristen in between. And are, then you, we have... are you a boomer? A baby boomer? Oh, yes. Well, what, 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 I like to call it early boomer. <laughs> early, an early boomer. It used to be that United that the United Nations was mm-hmm. trying to raise money for poor folks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you'd get this little box, and then when yep. you trick-or-treated, somebody would put money in the box. Absolutely. And then that would go wherever it went. Mm-hmm. And you were very proud if you had this oh, box. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. A yeah, I used to do doers. that. Yeah. Uh, they used to hand out the boxes in school. Oh. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they would also hand out Bibles in my school. Did oh, you know that? Sure. Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I got things like, oh, Darwin, they handed mm-hmm. out in school. and Oh, that's how great. Tre- that's how, a great school. <laughs> how, tre- how trees grow and the universe and identifying stars. So you didn't go to Texas, Texas <laughs> no, school? No, it was not Texas. No. Yeah, it, was, okay. it, it was Southern Illinois. We actually had something weird yeah. because... Because it's a small town in southern Illinois, and the one thing that could always be voted on was a school bond would always pass if it was going to fund teachers. Most Mm -hmm. of my teachers had PhDs. Oh, wow. wow. And and again, this is a little 12,500-person town. Wow. I I grew up in northern California in a retirement community, and I I think back now as a 35-year-old, like we had a school uh, fair, basically, where... Mm -hmm. 
but it i mean i don't know what it took for these teachers to put in this sort of carnival grounds very quickly because we were at school mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we would come back at night and i mean they had the whole like uh throw a, a softball and and put dunk a teacher in the dog right, tank right. like mm-hmm. throw a pie in their face mm-hmm. and they were all dressed up and then the fairgrounds happened and it was really awesome um it was a fundraiser for the school and then when i moved to houston a lot of the kids didn't get dressed up. They would just go around and trick-or-treat without getting dressed up, wow, which I okay. thought was a little weird. And, and up until when I was 13, I thought, well, I guess it's time to hang it up, you know. Uh, <laughs> and now some of the kids do trunk-or-treat where they have um, uh, a lot full of old-fashioned cars. So they have the parents and the people who do classic cars come into like a church or a space that has a big parking lot and they put okay. candy in the trunks. Oh. So cars for the adults to check out the cars and then candy in the trunk. So you walk around and you say trunk or treat and you get candy out of the trunk. Which sounds a little weird now that I'm explaining it, but <laughs> but, but it's, it's sort of a centralized place. It was sounding really weird to yeah. me. Yeah. Not a little. Yeah. But it's like you're, a, t- you're talking about that. Cent- I'm thinking it, about the stereotypical candy right. van, like right. yeah, creeper. Yeah, freak. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> like, so are we training our kids to avoid strangers and cars? Or no, no. But a lot of people like it because it's real cool for the adults, and then it's fun for the little kids, and they don't mm-hmm. have to walk as far because mm-hmm. Houston's real spread out. You know, oh, yeah. some, some of these subdivisions are really spread out and so uh so i i think that's kind of a workaround but i heard that people are using next door app to um get to know your neighbors in the modern way and if you're if you know your neighbors on the app theoretically you can say you're a safe home and you're actually going to give out candy which makes it okay. uh you know time saving and yeah. efficient to take them to only certain houses hmm. i was okay. watching that in our neighborhood here mm-hmm. because i was like okay this is interesting they're I can, trying to do I, I can see some downsides uh-huh literally nobody in the greater area around here listed their house mm-hmm. 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 i mean there was one person that said oh, i've got candy to give out uh-huh. and you know, it, it it did not sound terribly enticing to me. I mean, oh. also, I'm just kind of like, who needs that much candy now? You know, it's not, I mean, it's everywhere now. <laughs> so, yeah, so, especially when it's raining and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lynn raises her hand. <laughs> uh, speaking of Halloween, so since we are a trans show, yeah. um, what, you know, can, let's talk a little bit about what Halloween means for the trans community. You know, uh-huh. uh, what does it mean to be the person that's dressed a little bit too well? <laughs> you mean most of my life? <laughs> I mean, um, you know, there, there's two, from my point of view, there's two or three things. Number one, Halloween was always the day that I regretted not doing more. And, not, mm, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a day that I would always be myself, period. Right. And people are like, well, you're probably, you know, people may not know. I'm like, who doesn't know? <laughs> and if they don't, well, they will know. And then that's when my regrets that the way my life was always started. Hmm. So it was always a downside. And from then until January 1st, after the holidays were over, mm-hmm. it was yeah. a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other side is that I see lots of people that that's their sort of one time that guys, they feel like they can pretend that they aren't who they are, but yeah. be who they are, mm-hmm. and, and that whole bit. Mm-hmm. Now, I also found that I don't like shopping around Halloween, because people are like, oh, you're doing this for Halloween. I'm like, no, I'm doing it to wear tomorrow. <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm not buying this for Halloween. I'm pretty much frustrated. It's like, forget it. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that 
it, it, it's a mixed bag. It, and it also bothers a lot of people. I don't really care at all, never have. But it bothers a lot of people when they see people sort of doing the mockery bit. Right, right, It's right. like, ah. you know, I mean, we, we had this thing where someone... A police officer, quote, lost right. a, a bet and was wearing a dress and looking really tacky. But we all noticed mm-hmm. the fact this person seems to walk in heels pretty well. Like, yeah, like we were like, really one person well, only tried. One person's walking down the middle of that really gravelly well. street you know, with They weren't really heels, high heels, but, but um, they were like that, three inch. That takes a skill set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so, set. you know, and, and my comment was, you know, Generally, people don't make those bets unless they hope they lose. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I've seen that a lot of times. It's like, why don't you just give up and just go do what you want to do as opposed yeah. to play yeah. the bet game? So so for me, you know, growing up in, uh, I grew up in, well, Houston and kind of suburbs, but for like my teen years in Alvin, Texas in the 80s, which was pretty horrible. Um, and... Which is, for everyone who doesn't know, it's uh, this desiccated part of Texas where, um, you know, bigots just thrive. They It used to be called a sundowner town, which is they would have a sign that's had various racial slurs about how certain people aren't welcome in their city after sundown. So that's the character of the you town. Know, it's nice to be right up front. Just yes. put it on a sign. Yeah. That, that way you don't have to guess. <laughs> So it was that type of a town. Um, And so needless to say, whenever it came to Halloween or doing anything, um, you know, non-heteronormative, it was generally frowned upon. The closest that I could come back in the 80s was dressing up in just kind of this weird new wave thing. I had this like, I got like a bucket of hairspray and like somehow shellac my hair going up like this and then over one eye and some eye makeup uh-huh. and just like weird unisex clothes and people of course threw things at me but that was my halloween experience mm-hmm. with that what so but that's me as a gen xer gen xer from a small town in texas what about you robin for me, I uh, I hung it up once I was 13, and then in 2008, when I was probably in my mid-20s, I was the producer of a drag troupe. And oh, right, right. That was a great night to throw a show because people, <laughs> like, the audience would participate and wear costumes with oh, you, so it, was, it wasn't just you doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. it was everyone participating. But the thing that got me was, was I thought that... Um, the drag kings, queens, and tweens would just do their numbers. No, these fools did costume changes afterwards because they wow. still wanted to be a part of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like, you know, Mexican wrestler mask makeup. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking like full stuff that where they did wardrobe changes. And I, I, wow, I'm like wow, I can't compete, and um, and I don't want to. And then, <laughs> and I have um gone to conferences that are no longer um in practice anymore. The International Drag King Extravaganza went on for 13 years, and then they mm. hung it up. And so I too had some depression um after going into these really creative queer accepting spaces where they would go out on the town dressed this way and it was completely Mm -hmm. fine and and then and then i would come home and then not have that available Mm. you know there's always a dip of oh back to reality now you know right right um and 
so I think after after giving up the conference, uh, I, I I thought you know Halloween isn't is the night where all the amateurs get to dress up, and <laughs> exactly. I get to ta- and I get to take the night off, especially because I really like I have fifteen yes. years of sobriety and I can't deal with like the level of intoxication mm-hmm, that happens, mm-hmm. and, and Houston has a like a really high rate of drunk driving, so it's just not worth it to me, you know. Right. And uh, so I stayed home, and a friend of mine said. Oh, are you gonna have a, a spooky movie or something? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, talk about just this is all we're doing now, right?" Like, um, <laughs> but it is a Wednesday night, and, and I and I don't watch scary movies because I think reality is uh, scary enough, you know. And and he said, Trump "Well, and Stein. yeah." He said, "Well, uh, you know, I'm gonna unplug." with my self-care and watch scary movies. And I said, okay, well, don't pick The Purge because that's going to be, like, too close to reality, you know? Well, we, we settled upon Hocus Pocus or something like that because we, we like Bette Midler, you know? <laughs> or The Lambrand, you know? Like, when I grew up, I always thought being an adult meant... Uh, like the masquerade scene in the Lambert where mm. everyone wore the big dresses and the oh, masks right. and mm-hmm. stuff. So I have so many roots, but I just I took say, Wednesday off. It, does, it doesn't mean that. Yeah. I, I want to oh, say no. that it, there was at least one Halloween in there sometime where I, I did a Rocky Horror Picture Show night for Halloween. I'm trying to remember where that would have that would have been in the 80s, early 90s, or the, something like that. The Rogues Theater? Was it going on No, no. It, it no. was uh, in Bel Air is oh, where, okay. uh, uh-huh. you know, I always went yeah, to I, it. I, I, I do have to say, I think for Halloween, I've at least done, oh, 10 or 15 Rocky Horrors. Lots of Rockies. <laughs> Lots of Rockies. Yeah. I have yeah. pictures to prove it. Yeah. Not of me. I was shooting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Did you ever do a shadow cast? Did, were you ever in the shadow cast? I'm trying to decide what I should admit. Yeah, yes, same I here. Was. I, I was in the shadow cast, and I'm doing the same thing. I don't know what I want to admit to. I mean, it's like somebody asked me, well, did you ever do drag? I'm like, um, well, yeah. <laughs> so well, you don't the, have to be out about it everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, so have you heard any interesting trans news? Anything come up uh, this past week that caught your attention? Oh gosh, it was horrible. Besides Trump, let's yeah. not, let's just yeah. fucking leave Trump alone. I yeah. mean, he's well. Uh, okay. You know, t- today I heard, and, and I, I think I mentioned this a little bit, but anyway, I, I heard what is probably the best political speech that I've heard since JFK talked about the space program. Wow, that's one hell yeah. of a... And it did mention trans people. Everyone has white no, eyes at the What? Table. Really? Yep. It seems that Oprah decided to get involved in the governor's race in Atlanta. Or I in knew it. Georgia. Wow. And Oprah's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, she yeah. would be. A lot of, a lot of people really, want her to run really, for president. Really, good. Yeah. And she says no. Not yeah. even... In, <laughs> she says no, but I don't uh, believe her. She <laughs> said nothing negative in the entire speech. Wow. Um, it was Practice. carried by... She's practicing. You know, multiple networks. Uh, the president was talking about something. He just went away. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Oprah's speaking. Go to Oprah. And, and you know, the, the, the crux of it was we all need to stay together. We need mm-hmm. to hang together with it. And she's an independent. She is not a Republican or Democrat. She made that mm-hmm. very clear. Mm-hmm. And said, you know, you need to vote your values. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And if you aren't going to vote, then you have no part in this. Uh, basically, you're denying your heritage, your legacy. You're insulting your yep. ancestors. She, I mean, yeah, she made yeah. this extremely Wonderful. strong, and nice. she did a lot of other stuff. And, and she said, the key is, don't listen to the parties. Don't mm. listen to anybody else. Vote your values. And I'm here today because of the men and because of the women who were lynched, who were humiliated, who were discriminated against, who were suppressed, who were repressed and oppressed for the right for the equality at the polls. And I want you to know that their blood has seeped into my DNA and I refuse to let their sacrifices be in vain. I refuse. And I'm here today. Don't let nobody turn you around. You can't let their sacrifices be in vain. I'm here today because like a lot of young people, I didn't take voting seriously until around my mid-20s. And around my mid-20s, I had, had, the, had the privilege of hearing Reverend Otis Moss Jr., who's a preacher. Y'all know him? Preacher. Preacher in, 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 in Cleveland, Ohio. And I heard him tell the story of his father, of Otis Moss Sr., who right here in Georgia's Troop County, got up in the morning and put on his only suit and his best tie. And he walked six miles to the voting poll location he was told to go to in LaGrange. And when he got there, after walking six miles in his good suit and tie, they said, boy, you at the wrong place. You at the wrong place. You need to go over to Mountville. So he walked another six miles to Mountville. And when he got there, they said, boy, you at the wrong place. You need to go to the Rosemont School. And I picture him walking from dawn to dusk in his suit, his feet tired, getting to the Rosemont School. And they say, boy, you too late. The polls are closed. And he never had a chance to vote by the time the next election came around, he had died. So when I go to the polls and I cast my ballot, I cast it for a man I never knew. I cast it for Otis Moss Sr., who walked 18 miles one day just for the chance to vote. And when I go into the polls, I cast the vote for my grandmother, Hattie Mae Lee, who died in 1963 before the Voting Rights Act of 1965 and never had a chance to vote. I vote for her. And when I stand in the polls, I do what Maya Angelou says, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. For all those who paved the way that we might have the right to vote. And for anybody here 
who has an ancestor who didn't have the right to vote, and you are choosing not to vote wherever you are in this state, in this country, you are dishonoring your family. You are disrespecting and disregarding their legacy, their suffering and their dreams when you don't vote. So honor your legacy, honor your legacy, honor your right to, to citizenship in this, which is the greatest country in the world, the greatest country in the world. And the right to vote is like, like, like the crown we all get to wear. Maya used to say, baby, your crown has been paid for, so put it on your head and wear it. So your crown's been paid for. The right to vote is your crown. So this is a tight race here in Georgia. This is tight. And there are tight races all over this country that depend on all of us giving honor to our greatest democratic right and privilege. So let your vote make the difference. Let your vote count. Let your vote speak for you. If you're a woman, let me just talk to the women for a minute. If you're a woman, you need to recognize it hasn't even been 100 years since we even had the right to vote, since we were considered a piece of property. You couldn't even own a piece of property. I love land so much, and I think, boy, if I was born at the, at the turn of the century, 20th century, I wouldn't even have the right to own the land without your father or your husband saying it was so. You didn't have the right to even take care of yourself. So you didn't have a voice, and now we do. We as women people, we as women people need to stand united and vote our values. Vote your values. Vote your conscience. All this noise, all the noise, you just can't get away from it. You turn on the TV, on the web. It's so much noise and crazy talk. All the vitriol in the ads. You know what? They are designed to confuse and confound you with fear. That's what they're done. They're designed to confound you with fear. They are not designed for people with discernment. Women, people, we have discernment. And when you know the right thing and you can feel it, you can feel what is the right thing to do, you can't be influenced by propaganda and fear. So now is the time for discernment. And only when we unite as sisters, and I don't just mean sisters. I mean sisters, black sisters, brown sisters, white sisters, Asian sisters, LGBTQ sisters. When we all unite, I know for sure a change is going to come. But I love that, that notion that you just hit on, the, the, the notion that if you don't vote, you're disrespecting the people who came before you who worked so hard to get the right to vote. And she talked about the fact that you know women haven't been able to vote for very long. 
Right. That's right. Blacks haven't been able to vote for very long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of other people, GOBT people have mm-hmm. trouble voting off and on, et cetera. So all these people haven't been able to vote for very long. 18 to 21-year-olds haven't been able to vote for very long. And she said, you know, you need to get out there and vote and exercise those rights. You got them. Use them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it was amazing because it was it said all the things that need to be said. Yep. Didn't avoid any topic. And believe me, she went through a lot of topics because it was probably 45 minutes. Maybe wow. An hour, but it, wow. it went really fast. Yeah. Wow. And well, she didn't put anyone down. And that's remarkable because <clears throat> we're so, myself included, I have to watch myself because. Oh, yeah. You know, I get caught up in what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon I'm looking at them, whoever uh-huh. them is, mm-hmm. just like they're looking at me as mm-hmm. them. And um, and have to decide, am I going to stay in that you or them or whatever kind of thing where am I just going to settle down to who I am and mm-hmm. what to do? And the other one is with all the voter suppression that has occurred, not only now, but in the past when young people went down there to try to get African-American folks to be able mm-hmm. to vote, um, it's outlandish to me that we are at this point in our country mm-hmm. where we're having to revisit that exactly. again. Well, and, it, it's, and it's like, just so many people, not only African-Americans in Georgia, what is it, the Dakotas, you've got yes. Native Americans mm-hmm. by the thousands mm-hmm. being disenfranchised. Uh, you know, I know this is a topic that we've covered before, trans people trying to vote, voting while right. trans. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean to go in there with an ID that you yep. can't get changed yet, yep. that looks a little different, and what, mm-hmm. what do you do in that situation if they say, no, you can't mm-hmm. vote? And, and, and in this area this year, I've heard of absolutely no problems with that part. Right. Well, I mean, with, with this area, but I was on the way on in, Monday. In the to, Houston area. And they were, covering area. It, they were covering it on NPR. They were actually covering Georgia. And mm-hmm. I, and some places that only have, you have to have AID, like, like your driver's license. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. very limiting for well, trans people. And in Georgia, they did the bit of, you know, everything you do has to match exactly. Right, right. Oh. So, I, I can tell you right now that if they wanted to look at three of my IDs, they don't match exactly because mm-hmm. I have a middle initial that the federal government says I have to use. Right. The state of Texas says I can't use. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? This doesn't work out mm-hmm. if you want them to match right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's a ploy. Right. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with your identity or anything else, but it's something that the person who's running for office over there <clears throat> decided he could do to help himself. Yes. But, the, well, but that's the whole thing about voter suppression is to... You know, so you, these stories permeate, you know, throughout the, the community. You get it in your head that, look, my vote doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's no use in going through all the effort of going up mm-hmm. there, standing in line, trying to vote, and then fighting to vote and all that stuff because it's not going to matter anyway. And then you get low turnouts. Yep. That, But that's mm-hmm. what happened. That's what has happened in these largely majority minor, minority areas that are constantly suppressed. Yeah, well, the thing about the NPR uh, article is that they were, uh, it, was on the, it was on the radio, and uh, they were actually covering, uh, from a trans perspective, how is it there? They're still going uh-huh. to vote, and they're still trying to vote. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the trans women there says, you know, um, 
something to the effect of, of I've been passable for years. Nobody, nobody would dare ask, you know, if I was a man, but I have not been able to get my driver's license to be changed. Mm. And so most times when she gets her ID, she usually just covers her gender marker and it's been fine. You know, mm-hmm. but she always gets worried uh, uh, in, in voting when they do look very closely, when they are trained to look at that. Like, you know, if it's anywhere mm-hmm. else, you're not super trained. You know, you're not really caring mm-hmm. that much. Um, so what was neat about the situation is that they're all going to try to vote anyway. They're going to try, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they want to be counted. And so, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of voting, uh, can we go over one more time, Alexis, what what should you do if you're trans, you're intersex, you're genderqueer, some, you go in there and they tell you no? Mm-hmm. Well, to begin with, if you go, if you're here in Houston area and you go to the West Gray Multi-Service Center, that won't happen. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if you have anything reasonable at all, they're fine because there's too many of us around. <laughs> the key, though, is most states, including Texas... If you go in and they say no, immediately ask for a provisional ballot, immediately ask to talk to the election judge, not one of the clerks or anyone else, because the election judge is the one who actually makes the decision. Do not give this person a whole bunch of shit or attitude because it won't help you. And you have to realize that while they're working as an election judge in Texas, they are a Texas district judge, which gives them huge amounts of authority. Hmm. And I know very, very few election judges who don't actually follow the law. It, they, they take an oath to follow the law. Most of them have done this for a long time. They tend to not play games. Now, that doesn't mean that their clerks and the other people working there might not. That's why you ask for the election judge first. If you think there has been a problem, then ask for a provisional ballot. Fill out your provisional ballot. Ask for a receipt so you can prove you had one. And immediately afterwards, call the um, county clerk's office and complain. You should get some information about how you resolve it. Also, if you're at a polling place as you're leaving, if there are candidates that you would have voted for that are out there, look for some of them that are currently sitting judges. Walk up and just flat tell them, I had a problem voting because they wouldn't let me vote for you. I, I, I was going to cast a vote for you, but they wouldn't let me. Now, yep. There are a lot of things that a sitting judge can do. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of things that candidates who are in office can do. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and if, you, if you know who the various people are, then, you know, oh, go ask them. And to me, that reinforces the idea that we need to be paying attention to all those other people on the ballots. Yes. Other than the top few. Exactly. Absolutely. Because these are the people that oversee different things yep. and interpret different things. Right. Because if you really look at it, like this year, there's three or four almost totally separate elections that are running. Mm. You, you have your federal offices, which are Senate and House this year. Those... That's one group. You certainly want to get that right. They're the Washington folks, etc. Then we have the statewide offices. These are like the governor, lieutenant governor, railroad commission here, mm-hmm. uh, all of those. That's a whole different part of government. Mm-hmm. They see things very, very differently. Then we have our local offices. This time it's mainly county. There's, I think, well, no, I don't think there's any city cities next year. But, but your local county offices, once again, they're going to have more immediate effect on you. And then the other piece are the judges that are running. Uh In Texas, you know, we do elect judges. 
And those are all really different points of view, but you got to pay attention to all of them because the one you're probably the most likely to deal with, unless you're like some of us that spend a lot of time talking to politicians. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear that. And I'm like, uh, I talk to the other group all the time, <laughs> you know, are the judges. I mean, and, and yeah. if you end up in court, you really want someone who knows what they're doing and isn't playing games. And, and so, you know, the, those are the, the people that you need to pay attention to. And especially if you see them at the polls, talk to them. So let me ask you, since that, so, okay, this is a huge ballot. I know that whenever I looked at it, it was just uh, six miles long. And it was full of lots of those kind of judges and stuff like that. Um, let's say I'm Jane Doe, average voter. Uh, I'm not Democratic, not, a, not you know, I'm, I just... Yeah, not Republican, just not Green, just whatever. Yeah. I go in there and I, I'm like going, hmm. So do, should I just right, like, vote I for the things. name that I like best? What, how, how, you know? So if you are a voter mm-hmm. and you're facing this big long ballot with all of these names, what should you do first? Yeah, I mean the first thing is if the first thought you have about this is when you show up at the polls, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't have much time to recover here. And there were 102 items on the ballot that I voted on, right? you know, including the propositions and the judges and all that. But, you know, there are people who are at the polls handing out cards or some things online, et cetera. League of Women Voters will give you a very generic list of here's everyone running and here's what they told us and and so you can go look through that that takes time ahead of time all the major newspapers do endorsements you Mm -hmm. can look at the endorsement Mm -hmm. read what they say because Mm -hmm. their particular point of view may be different than yours doesn't mean it's wrong it's just that they may give more weight this year for instance in a lot of the races the candidates with the chronicle here in houston we're rated very, very close to each other. And so mm-hmm. you may look at it and say, well, yeah, I, I see that, but I like what the other person said a little bit more than this, et cetera. So, you know, make up your own yeah. mind. Um, our group actually put out a card, our group being some of the people in, in this podcast mm-hmm. called, you know, invoter.us. We basically are looking for, it's an independent voter card. We're looking for good candidates. We don't care what party they're in. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you look at that card, for instance, you'll see there's some races that we didn't make any recommendations. Because <laughs> right. we were like, Ooh. Right. you know. <laughs> well, we're looking for seniority. We're looking for solidarity. We're looking for, do I, you I mean, have the seat that's going to allow people to have their rights? Yeah, and, and that's the big thing. If, if you're going to deny people's rights just because of what they are and, you know, how they were born, or for reasons other than, you know, criminal activity, we aren't interested in you because that's not the way this country should run. And then the other thing is you have to have some qualifications. It doesn't mean you have to have run and been in office, <laughs> but, you know, you got to have something. If, 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 you know, you've never even heard of what's going on with it, uh, you know, like if I were talking to someone running for a judge position and you ask them about the court, et cetera, and they have no clue, they can be the nicest person in the world, but they have no idea how to <laughs> right. do their job. Right. And I may take someone who's not as pleasing to me from another direction as this person might be, because you you, you got to know something about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll basically be used when you get into office. So yeah. speaking of cards, there there's uh you know there's the card that we not TFA or anything, but we some of the people here in this room made for you Correct. know thinking with the independent voter in mind. But there's uh, a, a GLBT political caucus GLBT card. Political caucus, uh, uh, this year it has no Republicans on it, and it doesn't have mm. all of the Republic. It doesn't have all the Democrats, which is sort of strange. But, right. But it it goes through judges pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. Then there's like. That. 
labor unions right, that endorse right. people. Labor unions. And uh, uh, churches they're Planned Parenthood puts out an endorsement list. Yeah. The Chronicle here in Houston does. So if you uh, have some values, Republican you can side, check with them. Republican side, you know, mm-hmm. there's a group... Um, What's Hosty's group called? The Shithead Group. I think that's what it's called. The what? The Shithead Group. Yeah, probably. The Uh, Republican, American Pastors Council, or uh, no, Conservative Conservative Republicans for Harris County. Yeah, that's the one. So if you want to have a bigot, that's where you go. Yeah, and and it's a pay-for-play card. And then there's a couple others like that too. So there's all sorts of cards you can do, but make sure you know what Mm -hmm. the people stand for, and and sort of look through the card and see if it matches what you're doing. And if it doesn't, then you probably don't want to use that for the races you know nothing right, about. Right, right. Uh, the so, way you, you we look, look uh-huh. at the races uh-huh. is we go through history. A lot of times, if someone's been in office for, oh, say 10 years or something, you don't need to look. You know what they do. They've either mm-hmm. supported your community or not. They're either effective or not. Right. There's really no question. It's like good good or bad, yes or okay. no, and away we go. Right. Then other candidates, uh, you look at it and you're like, I. they've been in office for four years i've never heard of anything mm-hmm, so right. now you're gonna to have to do some research mm-hmm. to see if that's just because you didn't hear of them or maybe they just haven't done anything right and then new people they're the toss-up it, you know, we have a yeah. lot of people running this year and a lot of them got through the primary that have never been in office before this is their first shot mm-hmm. and with that you just have to look at and oprah i think said it best in this talk said vote your values see if their values yeah. are your values if they are that's probably a good candidate. And so before the break, uh, you know, I want to get y'all's take, everyone's take on, let's say the the potential voter who's, you know, they registered, maybe they went to an event, they were like, okay, I'll register, whatever. But they're like, you know, I haven't voted in early election, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've just, I'm too busy, and, right. you know, this is going to be a big crowd on the 6th, and, yeah. you know, this video game looks really important, and, or, or this uh, video that I was watching on mm-hmm. YouTube looks really, this is much more important, or I was going to go to Starbucks and hang out, or, well, or come what? Up. I hear there's lines, I don't really like yeah, to deal there, with there's people. there's some sort of an excuse. I have have all the feels. I'm anxious. Yeah. These what, are all what, legitimate things. What would you things. say to those voters? Maybe I don't want to stand in line the whole time because I'm differently right. able. What, what, would okay, you, so what would you say? What would I say? I would take it a case-by-case situation, but... But really what I say is, is like, you know, if you're looking at one of the head seats, like I think we've all kind of heard a little bit about Ted Cruz and Beto in, 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 in Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, that seat lasts for six years. Mm-hmm. So if for the last six years, and Cruz has been in that seat for two times, so in the last 12 years, if you have not really been able to get a hold of him or you feel like he has your back, you can look up a job description and see, like, did he meet those needs or not? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really think you need to know everything. I just have to, I personally think, like, if your experience of your location is, is that your life sucks and you want medical care and you want this and you want that, you want mobile voting even, the people who are on the card are actually available to get those things handled in this voting season. So so if something looks really interesting for you, like going out to dinner or maybe just passing on it and having a hot date with Netflix, like, I get it. But you can do that any other night and not mm. not make this mm. difference. You know, this difference is your time, your one vote. And your one vote could really be the tipping point because mm. some of these seats are won by like six, seven, eight votes. Yeah, you but know? see, I take a different approach. I'm that, sure. That's all nice logic. <laughs> I'm sure. That's great. I'm sure. It's, you know, what everybody says yeah. is that. But the thing about it is, for some reason, people pause when it comes time to vote. The key from my end is, A... 
it's not scary once you get there mm-hmm. in most places. And B, let's say there's a really long line. It's mm-hmm. out the door. It's over by the swimming pool or whatever yeah. or, or the tennis court or whatever they have at the yep. place you're voting. Really long line. Maybe it's sort of loop back. Uh-huh. Look over to a couple people and say, hi, I don't usually vote, but this is sort of interesting. See yeah. where it goes. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. probably going to have a really fun experience, meet new friends, yeah. and do all the other stuff. I've been in the I've been in the line a few times with some friends that you know uh, couldn't go the first day that I went, and we just had fun and we talked about it. You know, so if you have someone who is a voter in your life, you know, you could say, hey, you know, I'm not really clear about these issues. Can you come hang out with me? Could can we discuss it? You know, um, because you could get there and there would be no line, you know, and you just have to go in and now you're subjected to four pages and two propositions depending on where you vote from, right? Mm-hmm. So um, most people that I meet, they say they don't have the time to do it. And when we start talking about four pages of seats and and propositions, it sounds like a lot of research, you know, um, but do what you can, get started. And when you get into the habit of voting, it's not, it's not hard. It can be completely fun. Um, and again, if you feel out of place or you feel like you're, you know, not being represented well, then go find those allies that are there handing out cards that you would have voted for. Well, I really like the idea, this notion of if if there's if it's something other than I'm lazy, you know, if it's look, I'm having anxiety about right. being out or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to reach out mm-hmm. and say, look, this is going to be difficult for me. I know it's important. Would somebody be mm-hmm. willing to come with me? Yeah. Right. Like I've never done it before. So what do I do? Like someone asked mm-hmm. for my, my driver's license. I just spent time in line. Maybe it was short, maybe it was long, but, but just like, quite frankly, it was just too long for me to, to care. Right. Like sometimes I don't have any personal bandwidth to give to the situation. And it's not because I'm being a lazy asshole. It's because I have other things on my mind and you need a lot of tools to stay grounded sometimes. So you go in you're looking at people, there's booths, They hand you hand your license over, they have you sign your little signature for where you live, and you make sure you can vote early voting so you can go to the, most any poll. And then sometimes you have to go to your own poll the night of the Tuesday final night. That's why we want you to get out there to vote early. So you get in this little box, and you put in a number, and now all of a sudden you're literally just clicking boxes. And sometimes you click too fast, and sometimes you get a little like spacey on page three, you know, like I did. And I was like, I don't know if I voted for the person I wanted to vote for because I don't straight ticket vote. I like people on all sides and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so I had to go back. And before you push the the cast actual ballot. cast vote, mm-hmm. um, you can review what you what you want to put out there. So even if you have to go back and recheck something or check on your work, it lets you look at it before you vote. And if you've never voted before, you may not know that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there's a red button where it says you cast and you vote. And if you have any questions along the way, because uh, I was next to a lady that couldn't stand the whole time. She was able to take a chair. I was next to a, another person that uh, didn't know how to, like, she could, she knew to scroll forward, but she didn't know she could scroll back. She thought it would erase her answers. Oh. So it's okay mm-hmm. to ask the people at the poll, can you help me? I've never used this machine before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and once you vote, they give you a sticker. So what would you tell, what would you tell people? I mean, much of what everybody's talking about i guess one of i come at it from a little bit different angle and that is once i got to be old enough to get a mail ballot mm-hmm. <laughs> i was very happy <laughs> i mean it's fun to go to the polls but with the mail ballot i could sit down i could look up everybody especially mm-hmm. the people whose names i didn't didn't know i could take my time mm-hmm. um if i wanted to have different 
um, recommendations made from different groups. I could have that right there next to me. There's a mm. process then. Now, not everybody's going to want to do that. Right. I happen to like it. Now, in Oregon, that's the only kind of voting there is, mm -hmm. which I find very interesting. Um, the, the other thing is, I want to know when the heavens sent us a message that said you can only have this much voting and not any more. I truly think that we should have voting over like a whole two-week period at all the mm. polling places mm. so that people could have the access. Um, couples with kids could figure a night you mm -hmm. can go and then another night I can go. That mm. um, we, we make it very restrictive. And even with early voting, mm -hmm. a lot of people can't take off during the workday because they get docked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got it going till 4.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from the first week, yeah. Yeah, it's the first week. Second week, yeah. it, it goes much longer than that. Yeah. Um, even still, it's still a crunch for people. And I'm thinking, especially with families, there's the daycare thing, and there's the kids mm. eating thing, and there's the bedtime thing. Mm -hmm. and it's not an excuse, but it could be eliminated by longer hours for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. um, instead of making everything this big November 6th kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, well, I, and, and one of the things with November 6th, and this is one of the things that you have to be aware of, you have to vote in your precinct on November yes. 6th. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, uh -huh. a, you have to look most that up. The, yes. yes, most of the day people will be wandering around trying to figure out where their precinct is. Now, and it's the precinct that is uh, attached to your address, right? So It is the precinct mm -hmm. attached yeah. to your voter registration. Voter Get registration. anything other than voter registration. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, when yeah. you go to the wrong precinct, they once. are supposed to look it up and point you to the right precinct. Some right. are very, very good at, about doing that. They'll it's, even give you a little hand-drawn maps or, mm -hmm. or maps. Others, not so no. good about it. <laughs> you can't vote here. Next. It's like, yeah, well, I, you, I did you, that once. Yeah, usually there's something like, moved. you aren't on my list. Now, that really right. raises the question, is it because you weren't registered or you're in the right. wrong place? Mm -hmm. And just ask them why and mm -hmm. ask them where you're supposed to vote. And they will usually answer because suddenly time. you're somebody who knows something. Right. Yeah. So I actually lost the vote one time when I was voting on the day. And I got to the polling place only to find out they had changed the one for yes. my area. Yeah, um, that happened. And mm -hmm. by the time I got through the line for somebody to tell me that and to try to race to the other one, this one shut down uh, yep. and it was over and and yeah. that will happen there will be yeah. i'll guarantee so, you there'll be people who wait till the last minute they go to the polling place they find out they're in the wrong place they race over to the other one and while they're in transit the polls close okay so the schedule is solid what what is so does that mean that you have to be at the voting machine by nope. that time or, in line. or what no, you have to get in line by in that line time. okay so they'll take it right to seven in mm -hmm. houston and like I, for early voting, they were counting it down to four thirty, right to the second. So they they would announce the people in line would say, you know, one minute, thirty seconds, fifteen seconds, and you have to get in line. And then those people can go in to the polls and vote. Everyone else has to come back the next mm. day. Yep. Uh, but on Tuesday night, there won't be a next day. So what are we going to do then? You okay. don't get to vote. You yeah. missed it. Well, it, I want to take over. a quick break, and uh, when we come back, um, I would like to talk about. 
feelings. <laughs> <Not that. laughs> I would like oh. to talk about some things that. So can we do it without the music? All yeah. the feels. This is this has All been one hell of an election cycle, yeah. and lots of people have been involved, and you know, we, it's and, a lot of and this is like the real fucking deal yeah. for a lot of us yeah, the you know the F queer community deal. the the trans community the intersection the you know it's, it's e- everything's on the line yeah. it seems like for a yeah. lot of us so i want to talk about that what we do with that when we come back if you're trans intersex or genderqueer and are a victim of a disaster we can help with our trans disaster relief fund and if you're going to college university or trade school you can apply for one of our scholarships Located in Houston, Texas, we hold weekly support group meetings and run the only community-owned transgender archive that's open to the public. If you'd like to learn more about any of this, just go to transadvocate.com. Okay, folks, we're back. And so here's the main discussion. What do we do with all this stuff, this tension, this energy that we've built up over this last voting cycle? Because this is the, it's all on the line. Yeah, what, what, what? A little context from my side on this okay. one. And if we really look at it, for a lot of people, this is their first time to be really heavily involved in political things. Yeah, for and for youth, youth registration and voting is up 500%. Yes. 500%. And a lot of those people are in the midst of being activists. They're spending a very, very large amount of their time in activist things. They're openly attacking their opposition, if you will. They're really going out and doing tons and tons mm-hmm. of things. Block walking, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people onboarded during uh, the presidential race, you know, with Pantsuit Nation or well, Black Lives Matter, with the shootings, with the riots, with the school shootings. So, I mean, they, they got a few. Oh, right. But, there was, but, yeah, but they've most been going. Of, most of this, or an awful lot of this, has come up since the presidential race. I mean, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and those people have the never done this March. before. Right. Mm-hmm. They are totally passionate about what they're doing. They have spent a lot of life energy over the last couple of years just really pushing this. And, and, and my concern, which I think is what you're talking about, is we're going to have an election in about five days from when we're recording this, probably about three days from when we're doing it, November 6th. At that point, going to be a lot of disappointed people. There always are. It's an election. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some people who are happy. Um, I'm just concerned about the people who are really new to this, who have put a ton of energy in and feel like they have earned the right for their candidate to win when their candidate doesn't, because that will happen. I mean, candidate that be or issue. You know, there could be issues in your location that you fought really hard for, and yeah. it doesn't happen. You know, I, I know what it was like when we were fighting the hero battle here, um, you know, and what it was like to lose that, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. of some really underhanded bullshit that mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. Um, you know, from, to from lose it sides. in that way. Yes, yeah. to lose it in that way, that just really sucked. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what do we, not everyone is going to be able to get 100% satisfaction for every issue and every politician that they wanted to support, you know, not that just can't happen. So how do we, what do we do with all that energy? Once it's done, once the votes are in, you know what the next two years are going to look like, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's going to be terrible or great. Well, you, you, you actually don't know. 
right. you, you know what you believe the next several years are going to look like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the other thing that you should know is that whatever it is you believe and you have built up based on campaigning is not the way it's going to go. <laughs> right. Now, it may be worse. It may be better. It may be a totally different direction. But, but it will not be the way the politics of this campaign led you to believe right i mean if if all of your candidates get elected it will still not be perfectly wonderful (laughs) in a perfect world if none of them get elected it won't be as bad as you think it's going to be right also we're uh subjected to a lot of media about it all too and and i'll tell you after this last week i couldn't tell what was real like i don't know if the government is erasing gender identity right right now right away i don't like i can't i can't tell usually i can Mm -hmm. but i just i stopped being able to tell because there are so many people sharing people that i trust sharing resources that i don't know if i trust when yeah. i read the article there wasn't there wasn't halfway through there's no content that's mm-hmm. coherent right um but i specifically remember after hero uh we lost the houston equal rights ordinance i was very invested in that and uh I had a bit of a, a broken heart. I couldn't watch it in public. You know, we talked about mm-hmm, what do you do night mm-hmm. of for voting nights, being with friends or not being with friends. But um, afterwards, I was watching my friends' feeds, and you know they were crying. They were uh, putting out their videos of I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like you know they 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 were expressing those things, and so not only was I having to deal with how I felt about the situation and what media said, I was also having to deal with oh now all the people around me who are really invested in this are also dealing with this right mm-hmm. before the holidays, mm-hmm. no less, which right. I'm course. never a fan and, and of. And guess right? when this is going to happen. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a triple, it's a triple slap, you know, with like Thanksgiving and DOR and then mm-hmm. Christmas and then, mm-hmm. or whatever the heck you maybe don't celebrate anymore. You know, like it's just, it's, it just doesn't look bright until like, I don't know. And, and this March. year, I will guarantee you there will be some candidate, some place that you totally despise who will win and start rubbing it in. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and their followers yeah. will yeah, rub it will. in. And, will. and they will. I mean, that, that will happen. Welcome yeah. to the world of politics. It's I just already the way heard it people is. covering this on, um, on the radio today about well, what is the likelihood of if, let's say, a lot of Republicans take the seat or a lot of Democrats take the seat. And they were really objective about it. Um, and, and the reasons behind why they would want the majority of of uh, their spaces in the government or, you know, at a government level or a state level. Um, and so the, uh, there are a lot of news places already starting to per- project what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it's really not positive. Yeah, I mean, it, the, we've got listeners in Massachusetts. They've got a, a so-called bathroom bill mm-hmm. uh, vote happening. I mean, so, you know, we've got trans issues uh, out there. We've got trans candidates out there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, fighting for, and we're probably not going to win everything. And we even have like president, uh, race still going, like, you know, they're, they're going around, can they're going around, uh, doing rallies in states and the states are saying, don't come here. Like we don't. We don't want which, you to, to which bring I up think the great thing. Just yeah. personally. <laughs> oh, I heard Arizona too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. so there's so there's a lot going on at a lot of levels. And, and and you know the other side of it is that the the candidates as they're campaigning, uh, an awful lot of them seem to have become very flexible in what they believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so all of a sudden now they're 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 for the ACA or well, they're no, for no, no, the, no, 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 no. You got to get it right. 
they've always been quote oh, always oh, been for protective. Yes, yes. Oh. yes. Protective, even though you know, you know pre-existing how many votes against conditions. pre-existing conditions? Yeah, how many? How many lawsuits? You well, know, it's weird. It's like I, I, I actually applauded Trump for making Cruz cry, and that's that's, 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 that's not like a normal part in me, you know. But after like being around Cruz, like when somebody made that dude feel bad, I was like, welcome to our world, you know, like welcome to what you do to people all day long. And then, and then homie was in town saying, oh, now I support this guy. Oh, he's, you know? he's, he's a beautiful person, you know? I think. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful Ted. Yeah. I mean, you know, Beto was at the polls talking to the people while some people were doing like a tour for money, mm-hmm. you know, a tool, mm-hmm. a tour for inspiration of all sorts of whateverness. Right. But it is. In reality, it is a little wacky. Right. So, okay. So, <laughs> I think it's way even, more than a even, little. <laughs> even when it's not like fake news or fabricated so, conspiracy theory, but, in reality, you did have a person what, insult another person, and then you had someone come and say, This right. dude's awesome now. But what do we do with that the day after? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at it, I have probably two to three hundred people that I consider friends. Yes. That for the last year to two years, the biggest part of their life mm-hmm. has been advocacy going out uh, essentially protesting working in campaigns they truly believe that given all the work that's been done they're going to win right and, and i'm not saying they shouldn't i'm just saying they they really do yeah a lot of these people this is their first real dip into the pool if you yeah. will of, of doing the political things and i w- one thing that worries me is virtually none of them have looked at the other side. Uh-huh. I mean, if I sit here, my subconscious doesn't let me ignore the other side. I mean, sometimes I'm like, could yeah, you go away and yeah. let me just be naive here? Because, you know, yes, the the left is doing a lot. Mm-hmm. They're working their butts off. We're in Texas. Yeah, so is the if, right. <laughs> if, if everyone went yeah. out and vote, so voted. So are the libertarians. More people are running now than they ever have. Oh, absolutely. But if everyone went out and voted and they voted their party... The Republicans would win. There's more Republican in Texas if you look at where they, you know, who's voted in the primaries, and there are Democrats. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to back off a little bit. Now the Republicans haven't been out doing the same type stuff that the Democrats have, and a lot of times I know the, the the people who are new to this and doing a lot of the knock on doors are like, well, you know, we don't see them, so they aren't doing anything. No, they just have a different way of getting elected. Right. And right. and that's that's something I think they have to look at. Some of these people are texting, they're live streaming, they're they're posting, they're making sure like, you know, you, we get put down for looking at our phones, but everyone's doing that now. Like you're constantly checking to see what is being said, you know, what to what to say now, like give voice to stuff. And so there's a lot of habit invested in your daily life to doing this, however it looks. Some people have been making phone calls they've never made before. Well, you know, we that's a lot of connections. We have a counselor here. Mm-hmm. So I would like to ask <laughs> so, the so, counselor. Well, I'm going to say so. Yes. So so what happens on the seventh? <laughs> on the seventh is when we allow ourselves to grieve, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and let some people rejoice. Uh, who but whatever. The other thing I always remember is what somebody says when it comes to voting is not necessarily what they do when they're in the voting. Exactly. (laughs) And I remember my mother, my folks were just staunch Republicans. And when I was 18, it dawned on my mother that had I been a boy, I would have been sent off to Vietnam. 
mm-hmm. and her whole political thing shifted <laughs> at that point. And she started voting Democrat, but she didn't tell my dad. Oh. 20 years later, this somehow <laughs> came up in conversation. And for 20 years, she'd been voting Democrat. And she said to my dad, it was none of your business what I was doing in there. That's true. <laughs> Which is exactly right. <laughs> you know, and so people don't always say what mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. going to do. Um, and the other thing is... It, you know, with all of the things in the last week, we are all in the midst of grieving on lots of different levels for some of the horrors that have happened. I think come the day after, we're all going to be grieving the fact that we were lied to in many cases, um, a lot of fake news, all of those kinds of things. That unless I grieve something, I can't pick up and move forward. Mm. I have to acknowledge that it hurts. It wasn't fair. Whatever the emotion is, thank you, and um, and say it out loud. Let myself cry or stomp my feet or do whatever I mm-hmm. need to do, mm-hmm. um, and then to talk about where do we go from here. Right. There's always some place to go uh, in terms of doing it differently. Uh, doing more of the same, whatever it it might be. And I think that's one of the messages that some of us older people mm-hmm. might be able to offer to the younger voters, is that this is a cycle. We do this every two years or four years or whatever. Mm. So if it didn't turn out the way you had hoped, then now's the time to figure how you want to... So, yeah, my expectation is that regardless of what happens, it's going to be bittersweet. That means Mm -hmm. that there are going to be some people that I supported, that I voted for, and who Mm -hmm. won, and won handily. And I will, as you said, rejoice. And there are going to be some individuals that I support and voted for who did not win, and some issues that I supported and did not win, or Mm -hmm. vice versa. And, um, you know... If I've spent a lot of time and energy into those things that did not come to fruition, while everyone is in the midst of either celebrating or whatever, you you talked about using that energy for something, turning it into something. So, like, what do I do? Do I just get on Twitter or Facebook and say, man, this sucks. You know, I didn't get everything I wanted. I'm taking my toys and going home. Uh, Do I bang my spoon on my high chair and claim that I'm not going to do anything ever again because it wasn't perfect? Um, You know, or do I, you know, pull up my pants and, you know, jump back, uh, jump back in and, you know, keep on working. What do I do? You you know, it's interesting over time. I've watched this because as you said, you have to grieve. If you don't, if you don't grieve, it doesn't get anywhere. Political campaigns, I grieve in a six hour cycle. (laughs) And and I mean, literally, oh, I am so distraught that whenever I let that start, because, you know, once I've decided, okay, here's, here's, I now know the answers. I may not like them. Oh, I grieve like crazy. And then about six hours later, all of a sudden, my mind says, okay, we need to get busy. Tomorrow's tomorrow. It's, you know, and away we go. And, and you know, mine's quick because I am not exactly terribly young. And I seem to remember the first election that I remember was, uh, oh, Nixon the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it's just gotten to the point where that's about all the grieving part is worth. Mm-hmm. But But I need it. 
Yes. I have to have it. And in fact, usually I'll cry someplace for, for mm-hmm. somebody, but it's not for, it, it's not my long-term life. And, and I think part of that is, you know, for instance, when the last election happened, um, I actually looked at my Facebook feed after we knew for sure who was going to be president. It was about five or six hours later. I'm like, okay, so midterms are in two years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I mean, there's nobody a lot else of work was, uh, to do for those. And, and, and you know, and mm-hmm. I've gone through the entire grieving cycle. You know, first it was denial. Oh, maybe he won't be. It's like, yeah, I will. It's too late. Yep. I, you know, could, is there something we can do? No, you really, you know, I mean, it, it's just the whole grieving cycle. And then it's like the tears, acceptance, and it's like, deep breath, let's go on. And I think part of it is on the politics, you got to get through it quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that, that I, I do, and I think a lot of people should do, is look at, look at the people who are closer to you, and by that I mean local politicians. Honestly, the judges here are more likely to directly affect you as, as a person than anybody else. And the further away you get, the governor is going to have less effect on you as a person. I mean, maybe in general in that, than, than the closer in. Generally, people get some wins in the local area use use those to say okay got those five now we need to get another five Mm -hmm. and i think that's another thing too in regrouping spreading it out because if it's this big giant thing we're trying to get to happen or this group of people have to win then we demoralize ourselves all over but if we pick up and move forward and say okay you take the judges in these three Mm -hmm. areas and you take this such and such, and then that becomes a workable size. So it sounds like you're ta- we're, we're all talking about managing expectations and trying not to be one of those douchey um, voters who demand, I demand that everything go my way, every candidate, every issue go my way, and if it doesn't, then that's it, I'm out of the game. I'm taking all my chips, cashing them in. I'm never voting again. I'm I'm going to, you know, or just throwing my hands in the air and screaming. The, the last part I'm sort of okay with is when they go a little different direction from that <laughs> yeah. with anger and they're taking it outside of what I would consider the yeah. political uh-huh. discussion. That's right. where that's where I worry. And, and it can go into the depression way or into the I'm going to take not good actions. Which, those, those which, the, which is why I think you need to just understand all that you've done and then pause the next day you know when we started this conversation i was thinking like and and grief is a definitely a wave of different cycles you know uh you might go through anger defending you know bargaining you might feel great and then all of a sudden oh it comes up again you know uh so looking up those stages is definitely helpful unplugging maybe or being around people you love that you know will be a safe space will be good because I've I voted for a couple of great things that I really, really, really wanted, but I knew we weren't going to win. Like um, when they did, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but it's like prop, prop something where if if gay marriage was legal, would we legalize it in Texas? And mm. we had lost um, in Houston. And I got phone calls from people, my sister, my friend, a really lifelong friend, and they said, I, I just have to talk to you. Um, I'm really sorry that you didn't, you know, win, that you're not going to be able to gay marry. Uh, and, uh, and I also need to tell you that I, I didn't vote for you and I feel really bad about it. Mm. This happened a lot. Yeah. And, and so, so because people know that you're invested in the issues, they might want to talk to you about it. And, um, you know, 
you don't have to have conversations that you don't want to have. And then it leads into holidays where people who might, (laughs) you know, you kind of know what side of the fence the people Uh you spend time with or don't want to, you know, your chosen family or your given family they feel. So for me, I have to look at like, who I'm going to surround myself by. I do have a say in my own autonomy of what conversations I'm going to get into. I do have a say in saying, you know, I don't really want to talk about it right now. And I've done that better uh, during some elections than others. Um, You know, and my response was, was, you know, what happens in the box is up to you. You didn't have to tell me this. If you're apologizing Mm -hmm. to me, uh, I think you have a whole lot more people to apologize to. Like, <laughs> you know, I was I was not very forgiving in those moments. Uh, but also I walked it out for them because I took that as an open door of they wanted to talk about it. They called mm. me and I said, now here's, here's, the, rep- here's the repercussions of that. Like, I'm not going to have rights. I'm not going to have these things that you have so readily. So when you want to see me, you know, and you get mad that I work a lot, well, I don't have insurance. So this, these are the right. things that it could have covered. And, and a lot of times they mm-hmm. didn't know that because they weren't having the same conversations we were. And I could have, I didn't take that on as my responsibility, but I did let them know in that moment, like calling me after the fact only, you know, relieves you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Something you said the very first of that, mm-hmm. I want to go back to. Sure. And you said, you know, be aware of all the stuff you've done. Yeah. Just because you lost doesn't mean you didn't move the needle. Right. And if you we don't have believe so that, many victories. How many people that you probably don't support are mm-hmm. saying, Oh, we've always wanted to cover pre existing conditions? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> Basically, yeah. you, whoever you is, and this is generic, uh-huh. but the people on the other side have made that such an issue, and everyone says, Wait, you mean I'm not going to have my pre existing conditions covered? Right. Suddenly, the, the needle has moved. Right. Now, they might change it, mm-hmm. but it, it has moved some. And everything you do actually does move it maybe didn't move Mm -hmm. it enough for your candidate but it made a difference in our society and and that's the thing you have to realize right it's not like worthless work when you lose Uh it's just you didn't get exactly where you needed to be yeah Yeah, for the geeks out there we're talking about the overton window so that you know you move the the center of the conversation over closer to your position so that your position seems more rational um and right. which is exactly what the right, right has done very well goes, for the last decade and a half so yeah probably so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know i think the the left did it also all that did was create a bigger divide hopefully we're coming back to at least a third and maybe a fourth dimension where we aren't moving <laughs> diametrically opposite of each other yes. and we'll come back and start moving off of that mess if you will mm-hmm. The other thing in all of it, too, is um, sometimes ritualizing the loss and the pain, Mm. um, gathering a group of people to have dinner together and Mm. safe people uh, to talk about it. For some people, it's... So you don't want to do this on Thanksgiving dinner? Not with the family. No. 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 I cook Thanksgiving dinner and I carefully invite people I like. Right. Yes. The and, other thing is, for some people, it's going outside and digging a hole to plant a flower. For mm-hmm. some people, it's um, breaking stuff, taking newspapers <laughs> and tearing them up and throwing them in the fireplace. For some people, it's symbolically blowing out the candle and then mm-hmm. relighting it. Oh, um, beautiful! I mean, mm-hmm. ritualizing it some in some way 
can oftentimes help that jump from the feeling of being really shot down to getting another breath and saying, okay, let's move forward. Yeah, I really yeah. love that idea of, you know, planting something. Yeah, planting of the candle. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's, that's yeah, sort of what you yeah. do, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might be why it's good. The other one, and this sounds so simplistic, but when we were kids, we learned about the rabbit and the, the turtle. Mm-hmm. And the rabbit runs and runs and runs. Then when all is said and done, it's the turtle that gets there. Right. Because this the turtle has guns. Sometimes, I'm sorry, what? This no. process, <laughs> sometimes we have to realize, is a turtle. <laughs> but yes. the turtle's going to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the rabbit that's going to wear themselves out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And any of that kind of imagery mm-hmm. can be really helpful in this, even if we go back to childhood stories. Mm-hmm. Um so you're saying that, uh, you know, uh, I, and I think th- there's an overall larger message there that can be kind of integrated in what you just said. I think the last couple of years, so many of us like were like, okay, oh, no, no. Right. I, yeah, this is like life or death stuff. This is like fascism. Mm-hmm. Come to America. Mm-hmm. I'm out in the streets. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, organizing, organize, organize, organize. And as you said, Alexis, so many new people, right. their entire world has yeah. become the resistance. Yeah, you have an adrenaline you know, rush. You're, and, you're on board. You're in fight and flight. Yes, for the last you two years, it's been resist, resist, Soldiering resist, resist, up. resist. And, yeah. and we're just days away from seeing, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the metric of where that needle has moved. Right. And we get a we get a reality check. So I know some of the things that we've talked about in this podcast has been about, especially you, Robin, have talked mm-hmm. about how to take care of yourself. Take care. How to not abuse Whatever yourself. Whatever happens on Tuesday night mm-hmm. does not matter. It only matters however much you give it power to. Like, there have been many, many years that people died forever with AIDS and the government never gave a shit about them dying. Like, mm-hmm. and people still made it through. There have been many years that we didn't get gay marriage, and then one day we fucking did. It, it's 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 not a sprint; it's a marathon. You yeah. have to pace yourself. Absolutely. It's really okay to say I'm sitting this one out. Like it's really okay to say I broke my heart and I'm upset about it. And fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really okay. It, there's a whole line of fuck meditations that I absolutely love <laughs> because not every not everything can be like roses but nobody promised you a rose garden that's right you know and so some people ask me plus they they have thorns yeah (laughs) yeah like somebody asked me like how do you how do you do it how do you do it it's like well first of all i don't do it all by myself Mm -hmm. i don't do it all day every day every issue Mm -hmm. And then even the people who have been around for a really long time, they would say the same. Mm -hmm. They would Mm -hmm. say, you know, I'm more than willing to give this gender 101, but I am not going to go talk at Capitol Hill. Like I'm more than willing to be an elder in the situation and remind you of what worked and what didn't Mm -hmm. work. But quite frankly, I have to have a job. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you have to find balance. And because we're in such motion going into Tuesday night, it might be really hard to hit that inertia, Mm -hmm. you know, that that standstill. Well, well, that that and that's what I'm saying. Even even care. if you know, let's say it's bittersweet, but I'm okay with the bittersweetness. Yeah. I you know, hey, some of my judges didn't win, but the you know the national, the state, everyone that I wanted, hey, all the issues they they went my way, but you know, 
Wow. Okay. So now I'm not working on six campaigns, yeah, now and what? now and I have I'm nothing not... to do. Now what? And yeah, it's about what? to go into the holidays. Yeah. Of course, oh my God. Yeah. Of course, the answer to that is one nice thing about politics is it's continuous. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. It never has a break. Yeah. We already have announcements for mayor starting. <laughs> In Houston. And as right. soon as we get close to that election, we're going to have announcements and for 2020. Exactly. Kuma reminded me this one year, and it was such a gift to me. He said, you know, when October comes around and you're somebody that people look to for answers, they depend on for education, they call you because you're the leader in that spot or you know, they can trust you. You have a lot of people pulling at you. And so this is going into the holiday season where maybe you need to, you know, hang back, take care of yourself, and then touch on them. Make sure they're okay, but make sure you're okay first. You know, mm. if your friends start to disappear, if people isolate, the phone gets to be a million pounds, you know, you tap them. You go okay. in and say, hey, uh, here's a dog picture, or here's, you know, a meal opportunity, or a phone call, tell me about your life, or I'll tell you about mine. Like, you start to make those local touch point connections, but you have to start with yourself first. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is, there are positive things around, and don't forget about them when things go wrong. I, I mean, my biggie, and it, it's sort of my indication of progress we've made is, you do realize that for the last year or two, the Joint Chiefs of Staff have been defending the transgender community. Yes. Think about this. Oprah. The, Oprah's been defending us Oprah now. has, but that I would expect. Joint Chiefs? <laughs> no, no. These right. are not the people I right. would ever expect yeah. to be defending us, and they yes. have been. Right. And, and, that, and they've held that line. They have. Mm-hmm. And they've just said no to the president a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, that's pretty phenomenal. Isn't it? And, and, you know, every time I look at that or something else comes out with it, I'm like, these are not the people I expected to be on my side. <laughs> yeah. you know? And, you know, gay marriage, I never even thought that would ever be a possibility mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And when people said they were starting to work on it, I thought they were just crazy. I mean, that wasn't ever <laughs> going to happen. And it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, some of us has have been working so long in the trenches. Some of us have been working since the, God, since way pat before the 70s on the ERA. Mm-hmm. Some people have been working on INDA for decades, decades. And, you know, so this isn't, so that's just the reality, folks. I mean, politics is not easy. It's not quick. It's not immediate gratification. You know, this is stuff. And it's really messy. <laughs> and it is really messy. Oh, and the reason why some of these old timers uh, that have been in the um, in the trenches fighting, whether they're with now or whatever, um, you know, they've been doing it because they know that their life is on the line. This isn't just something, you know, this isn't a passing fancy or something. They're in there because it's important. And, you know... Whether or not we win, whether or not I win every single, you know, every single candidate that I supported wins, the truth is that what I'm doing, let's just say that I lose everything. Every candidate I voted for loses. And every bad instinct in our nation is is validated and they come out cheering about the liberal tears. Let's say that happens. That's the worst case scenario. 
the rightness of what I'm doing is what's important. And that's what sustains me is, you know, there's a Thomas Merton quote. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm going there, but Thomas Merton talked about this, uh, this notion of doing service, uh, service work, and, you know, not, not doing it for reasons of watching, you know, I, I'm trying to get, find out what I can get out of it. I'm, I'm doing this because it's the right thing. There's a rightness to it, and that's what sustains me. Um, and really, for folks who have been doing this for decades, you know, I know ERA activists who have been doing this now for half a century. Mm-hmm. And they're still working at it. And you know what? What was it this year? Another state passed the ENDA? Right. Yes. <laughs> you know? You know? And, and, and there's arguments about whether it's expired or not, but there's uh-huh. nothing that lets it expire. So, you know, I mean, keep at it. Keep at it, you know, and there's always going to be, you know, community members, comrades, or, you know, people right there next to you who yeah. will fight the good fight with you. Um, and and just doing it for the rightness of it, it, what you're it, doing. Yeah, but also there, there's, you know, anytime something doesn't work out the way you want it to, it's always a good idea after you've gotten through either the anger or however you're being upset about it not working out. The because, caking. Yeah, I, I mean, I do know people who never get upset when something doesn't work out, and it always worries me. It's like, <laughs> you, you should really be upset about this for a little bit. But anyway, it, you know, once you get over it, take a step back and say, what can I do different to make it better, make it mm-hmm. more likely to work mm-hmm. out? Because this is when you know the most about it. Yes. When, when you just got past the feelings, be really honest with mm-hmm. yourself. Start making notes about things right, that maybe could go differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a different approach. Yeah. You know, whatever. And you know, different approaches are scary, but so is losing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you win, then do the same thing, by the way, because there's right. always, there's always <laughs> another way. <laughs> yeah. Got to right. You know, so it, 2020 it, it, election it, cycle starts the 7th. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and, and you basically just have to get over the euphoria at that point so that you aren't kidding yourself about how good well, there, it Well, there's was. still work to be done either way. Yeah, exactly. So having and, said that, are there any events, things coming there, up? There's an we, election. Really? <laughs> no. I mentioned that. There is an election <laughs> on the sixth. Oh, on the sixth. Yeah. On yeah. the sixth. Just thought I'd throw that one in. <laughs> just cause. Yeah. Um, anything else coming up? No, I can't think of anything. With Dior coming up. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but I yeah. am. Yeah, we have Dior coming up, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's in November. You might want to check with your local spaces about the actual date or the actual process that they do to honor the people who have been lost by hate um, in your community. And, and for ours, you can go to dr, dorhouston.com, mm-hmm. see all our information. I think, is it on the 20th? It's on the 17th. 17th. That's the Saturday. Well, the other 20th. Yeah, the, the it usually falls the around 20th. the third Saturday. Yeah. But yeah, yes, there's, we, there's we, events, you know, always just depending on what that location, your your general community yeah. can do, there'll be different tw- events the on different is days. Tuesday mm-hmm. night. So mm-hmm. like for us, we, we, we always do a Saturday so we can come together and say the names. And uh, you can find that out through our, uh, our HTUC page or our um tfahouston.com but it's november 17th at the same place it's been the past couple years the ad bruce building at the u of h campus 
And, just, and as we've said before, we'll do better signage this year. Yeah. We say that every year. Yeah. Just, just fair warning. It's always progress. So we have a, <laughs> Not a, usually for us. Our format is we have a, a bit of a social time around uh, six, and then we have uh, the names starting around seven, I believe it is, and it goes on for about an hour. But we're out of there by nine. And then a lot of people try to um, either have some good alone time or some community time afterwards to kind of process again <laughs> and right. keep your care up. And, uh, you know, if you're into abortion clinic defense, uh, if that's something that you would like to do, there's always a need for that on weekdays and weekends. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, hit me up at uh, on Twitter, trans advocate so it's just the at sign trans advocate let me know um and also when you go vote if you have uh, any experience at all good bad and different just let us know uh, we're collecting stories to see how it was for mm-hmm. you how how it was for our community how it was for our supporters what's and that one more event if you're in the houston area houston gender reel is going to be showing oh, yeah. a um movie called call her oh ganda i think it's g-a-n-d-a call her and then that's going to be at 14 pews on november 15th so check gender real houston Hmm. for more information their facebook page excellent okay well you know thank you so much for coming on and sharing your perspective about you know dealing with all of this because this is big stuff you know either way it's it's a big kind of emotional discharge i'm like so pensive about the sixth like i'm looking forward to it but i'm also dressing it i'm like we all probably need to be taking on the sixth with people that we care about. Yeah, surround yourself with people that we don't like. Okay, so uh, anything else? Nope. All right. right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another Trans Advocate podcast. I want to say a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who support and make this show go because without you, we wouldn't be able to pay for server space. We wouldn't be able to pay for all the things that we pay for, which includes being able to pay our writers some pittance for their work. Um, and that also includes some of the Brazil folks. We've got a division down in Brazil. And if you're keeping up with the news, the stuff that's going on in Brazil is really difficult right now. So, um, you know, we're in close contact with our division, talking with them about uh, what their needs are and stuff. So, you know, we really, really appreciate the support. And we will catch you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to another edition of the Trans Advocate Podcast. We are a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your support makes what we do possible. Resistance means nothing without supporting elected officials who won't attack trans, intersex, and queer children in our schools. They can't vote, so you're going to have to do it for them. If you live in the U.S. and are not registered to vote, We can help you with that at our site. Register and vote, no matter what. The Trans Advocate Podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America. 
There's only one thing that will save you. A highly fortified structure in the shape of the most powerful thing on the planet. Me. In my wonderful book, I tell of the impending disaster about to befall this planet. Nuclear holocaust, plagues of flying rodents, the seas rising up and turning yellow. It is coming. It is written by me. But you can save yourself. Contribute to the Pastor Richard Salvation Statue Fund. Pick up your telephone. Call now. 1-866-9-SAVE-ME. Welcome back to Family Talk Radio, 1041 AM, BASH. We're here talking today with Dr. Herr Hotzi, a preeminent doctor from the Houston area. Uh, today we're going to be talking about gender identity. Uh, Dr. Hotzi is somewhat controversial in the family values community uh, because he asserts that actually uh, these transgender people suffer from a physical malady located in their brain. And the doctor is here today to talk about how you can spot this physical issue within your own children and indeed how we as a society can um, identify these uh, broken individuals. So doctor, thank you so much for taking your time to come out to Central Texas and be on Family Radio. Do you have any questions? Uh, please talk more about um, this, this physical issue. It's a great pleasure to be here, and I want to uh, thank you on behalf of the members of the Institute for Sexology and Unusual Behavior. But I, I tell you this, look, I want to be very serious now. We have a topic, very serious here, for all parents, all teachers, all ministers, all people to be on the lookout. Because if you take a look, we, you know, we do uh, what we call... Uh, CAT scans. Do you know what this is? Uh, the coaxial tomography scan. We put you inside a big donut. There's radiation. Some people are very freaked out by the fear of the enclosed spaces, but we like this. And we look at their brain, okay? What we try to do is get people in a state of homosexual excitedness. We make them think about uh, penises and behinds and leather chaps and, you know, putting on wigs and makeup. And then we look at your brain. 
And what do we see? We see the digital, uh, we call this the digital devil, yes, because we can see all sorts of titillation uh, lighting up your brain. This is where the metabolic activities are going on. We can see the nipples rising and things like this and other things. This is what we have discovered. Within the brain, there's this TG position. It's very small, very delicate. And we have found this uh, structure within the brain. We can locate this and we can digitally map this position within the brain. So uh, what is to be done? Anytime you must discuss this, especially your sons. How are school today? How are your little playmates today? Are you a big queer? And if they make their eyes move in a particular dimension, this is called accessing clues. It's high science. This is scientific information. We say to them, you must stop this right now. And often you must strike them rather in a theatrical way, okay? So in other words, don't beat them with a baseball bat or heat up a blending iron or hot poker, but you must link up in their mind, this is a very bad thing to be doing here, all right? And um, this is the first topic. You, you must take control. Control is very important. You must have an iron will and you must not back off. Do you understand these things? So we are proposing to scan each brain. It must be done. You understand? When you go to the airport now, they make you take off your pants and your shoes. They look under your armpits. They look in your loins and they say, look, maybe I find a bomb or an ICBM or something. You know, what do you have hiding up there? And they even discover some people have more than two or three orifices in their body. There are people with five or six, ten or fifteen, you never know. So what we must do is begin scanning and we must begin in the early ages. That's like scanning and scanning sometimes for some people on a daily basis for a while. If we cook the brain, it's no problem. At least the patient is saved. So we want to have the names of anyone within your high school, junior high, your church group, who is a little strange in how they're sitting, how they're walking. For example, when my wife and I, we go to the church faithfully, we notice any men who cross their legs in an unusual manner. And we say to them, why don't you come over after church and we'll talk. Then we scan their brains. This is done. We have a small scanner in the house. It's above the toilet. So when they're standing there, we're scanning them. And we can see these structures within. This is one of the major problems in this country here. So once you find these structures in the brain, what can be done, doctor? Most severe cases, for example, let's say it begins with unusual techniques of sitting and speaking in a strange manner. Maybe uh, boys will have their interests skew away from baseball and uh, brutality, football and militarism, and they'll say, gee, perhaps, mother, I would like to assist you baking cookies today. This is a clear sign. There's, this is what they call an irrefutable fact. So the first thing to be done is, is discuss it with the child. You say, you're acting very unusually. And if they say, what do you mean? You say, you know what I mean. And stare right back at them. They say, I don't know what you mean. You stare back and say, yes, you do know what I mean. This may go on for weeks, months, even decades. But you must remain firm. Next, do a very clever trick. You can show them a picture of somebody who's TG'd or that GLBT stuff in a magazine, like Michael Jackson or someone like this, right? Time magazine. Then you put their hand in the microwave oven, you push that little lever and you turn it on. Just defrost a little bit. And you said, you feel yourself heating up. Yeah, it's painful, isn't it? And then just, this is called aversion therapy. If it doesn't work, maybe you accidentally back your SUV over them a couple of times. All the time crying out, look what those queers are doing to our country. 
Are you clear about this? It's a little more pain. You ratchet the pain up a little bit, a little more. Maybe someone accidentally falls down the stairs or gets the equipment stuck in the door jam or something like that. Of course, the operative word is love with deniability. I love you, but I'm going to smack you until you cry, until you change. With enough pain, all of God's love is possible. This you know. If it doesn't hurt, it's not love. What's this I found under your bed? The only Engels you're going to read is Laura Engels Wilder. If you think your child might be a red, here are some warning signs. They read complicated literature and have concern for their fellow man. They even like to share. Tell your kids if someone approaches them with pamphlets about recycling, an invitation to a labor rally, or showing any doubts about the fairness of our system, then they should find a teacher or a policeman immediately. If we change the definition of marriage... Grandma, my teacher said if Grandpa was a girl, that's okay. You can still be married. Our kids will be taught a new way of thinking. God creating Adam and Eve? That was so old-fashioned. And soon, they'll be thinking the unthinkable. If my dad married a man, who would be my mom? This is an urgent marriage alert. New Hampshire legislators are pushing a same-sex marriage bill now. These are the same politicians who don't have time to fix our state's economic mess, balance our budget, or restrain out-of-control spending. But they have time to mess with gay marriage? If you're outraged by legislators who can't keep their priorities straight, go to nationformarriage.org. That's nationformarriage.org. Tell the politicians to stop messing with marriage and get back to work. I want a mommy and a daddy. Paid for by nationformarriage.org. This is the problem here. We need discipline. Surgery is often indicated. We can cut out these brain centers if we must. We must drill holes to people's heads and have a look. Fortunately, the average hardware store has this equipment available. Get a good power drill and maybe some sort of a powerful lamp. You can take a look inside your, your youngster's brain and you can look for the epicenters of this activity.